Back in 2019, Russian President Vladimir Putin started a competition for entrepreneurs. He wanted to recognize young people who were creating businesses in Russia that either developed the economy or solved some social problem. Here's Putin introducing it. He called it the Big Business Award. And we found some video from the 2019 ceremony on the Kremlin's website. And you can imagine the scene. The camera captures a handful of young people in suits looking uncomfortable and nervous. They're standing in a circle just a few feet from Putin. And they're in some great hall inside the Kremlin. And you can see Russian flags, some bronze statues, and those big oversized doors with gold leaf that we often see Putin striding through on the news. The first year of the award, the winners included people from traditional industries, like a young man who manufactured and sold rehab equipment for people with disabilities. There was a general manager of a company that made machines that dried wheat and other grains. And there was this woman who made confections and candy. And then there was this guy, Ilya Sochkov. Ilya Sochkov, the CEO and co-founder of something called Group IB. Group IB. In the video, one of Putin's aides tells the president that Ilya is one of the only winners from Moscow. And while it's been an awkward business award ceremony to that point, Putin suddenly perks up and cracks a joke. <laughs> it's more difficult to make a name for yourself in Moscow, he says, smiling at Ilya. Then the aide explains that Ilya's company, Group IB, hunts hackers. It finds cyber criminals. And Putin seems even more interested and starts to engage Ilya, who, unlike everyone else in the room, seems perfectly at ease talking with the president of Russia. This is part of their conversation from the official video. And Ilya is explaining that Group IB has been working with the government, and more specifically, the Federal Security Service, or FSB, to roll up cyber criminals. Our knowledge of Russia's cybercrime is a competitive uh, advantage. Their competitive advantage, Ilya is saying, is that Group IB is so good at catching cybercriminals because the company has Russians hunting Russians. Which all sounds like a business primed for success. Even the Kremlin says as much by giving it an award. But for one thing, in today's Russia, the relationship between cybercriminals and the authorities is pretty complicated. And Ilya has just put himself in the middle of it. I'm Dina Temple-Raston, and this is Click Here, a podcast about all things cyber and intelligence. We're telling true stories about the people making and breaking our digital world. And today, the story of Ilya Sokov, who became the most prominent face of Russian cybersecurity and went from homegrown computer whiz kid who was getting an award from Putin to finding himself in Putin's crosshairs. Chat GPT, AI machines, satellite, engine ignition, click here, and lift up. Stay with us. If you're looking for a daily guide to cybersecurity news and policy, sign up for the Cyber Daily from Recorded Future News. It serves up the day's most interesting and important cyber stories from our sister publication, The Record, and then aggregates all of the big cyber stories you might have missed from news outlets around the world. 
Just go to therecord.media and click on Cyber Daily to get all you need to know about the world of cybersecurity right in your inbox. Hello, I'm Adam Fleming from the Global Story podcast from the BBC World Service. We are looking at Lena Khan, the face of the US government's battle to regulate big tech. She's already redefined the way we talk about monopolies. Now she's taking on the likes of Amazon and Meta. But who is she and will she win? The Global Story brings you fresh takes and smart perspectives from BBC journalists around the world. Find us wherever you get your BBC podcasts. My name is Ilya Sachkov. I like yoga and Thai boxing. I represent the Russian organization group IB. Uh, Ilya says his foray into cybersecurity was a happy accident. In 2003, he went to a local hospital for surgery. He talked about it during a TED Talk. This is the translation. And to pass the time, I brought Kevin Mandia's book to the hospital, the one on computer crime investigations. Kevin Mandia's book, he says. Kevin Mandia is a fixture in the information security world. He runs a giant cybersecurity and intelligence firm called Mandiant, which Google bought last year for literally billions of dollars. Ilya was reading Mandia's book while the nurses were prepping him for surgery. And as the morphine drip went into his arm, Ilya had a bit of an epiphany. He found his purpose. Mandia's book seemed to be telling him that he should be doing cyber investigations. When I was a child, I loved and still love detective stories. And he could take that love and add it to his computer skills to bring criminals hiding out in the dark web out of the shadows. So is he sort of a tech whiz kid? I think we all work great in technology. This is Igor Katkov, who attended Bauman State Moscow University with Ilya and eventually helped him found Group IB. Igor says Bauman State is kind of like the MIT of Russia. If you're studying in Bauman State Moscow University, you must be great in technology. Eager said a lot of people who go to Bauman are visionaries. They invent things or become successful entrepreneurs. We were young and we were trying to invent some new business. And, you know, uh, one of our thoughts were to create an electronic market to sell some clothes in Russia. An electronic market to sell clothes in Russia. But when Ilya returned from the hospital after surgery, he told Igor that they needed to do something more meaningful. We need to do something that will impact our world. Ilya proposed creating something like a cyber detective agency. They'd get together a team of computer geniuses and they would find online threats and respond to hacks and put the criminals who launched them behind bars. He had an idealized vision of what they could accomplish. Ilya talked about it in heroic terms. We funded like the superheroes in our field. We help our clients to solve very, very difficult cases. This is Ilya from a 2016 Bloomberg documentary. He's relaxed and smiling and almost playful with the reporter. Eager said 
That was vintage Ilya. He was a funny guy. He was laughing usually. And uh, At one point in the documentary, Ilya holds up one of the company's employee badges. It reads GIB for Group IB. But it looks a lot like an FBI badge with a little photograph in the corner. Look at your picture, Ed. You look like James Bond. Uh, this is Photoshop. <laughs> Group IB opened its doors in 2003, when cybersecurity was something people were just starting to talk about. This is one of Group IB's early commercials. Organizations are increasingly bombarded with security events. Group IB threat intelligence connects the dots. Ilya decided that the company needed to specialize. So it started focusing on financial crimes. And they were really effective. In 2013, they found malware targeting the trading software that lots of banks in Russia used. The malware allowed the hackers to siphon off funds without anybody noticing. A few years later, Group IB found a gang of digital bank robbers who had stolen some $18 million in rubles. And another group of hackers who had figured out how to trick ATMs into spinning out money on demand. And all this caught the attention of leaders in the Kremlin because in Russia, banks are mostly government-owned. So in a big way, Ilya and his team were actually helping Putin. They were making him and the Russian security service, known as the FSB, look really good. And that probably played a role in Ilya winning that innovation prize and being invited to the Kremlin. But all that changed when Group IB started to grow and Ilya started looking for opportunities outside of Russia. His team started tracking a new breed of cyber criminal, one that was getting more sophisticated. Criminals who were starting to hit international financial institutions and places like the Central Bank of Bangladesh. Bangladesh was the biggest cyber heist of all time. It is a mistake to think this happened overnight. This is from a documentary about that robbery. It's called Billion Dollar Heist. Bingo. Bangladesh was a bombshell. It just blew my mind. And while the hackers didn't get all the money they wanted, they did manage to siphon off $81 million before they were discovered. And it brought Group IB to international prominence because they helped confirm that North Korea was behind it. Eager said that high-profile cases like this made Ilya and Group IB household names. He was a famous person because um, he was known as a Russian anti-hacker, so... Uh, a lot of people in Russia were like fans of his. Which was part of the problem. Ilya was becoming a cybersecurity rock star in his own right. And he was attracting all this attention at the very moment he decided to tweak Group IB's business model. Instead of focusing on cyber attacks inside Russia and helping Putin put away domestic bank robbers, Ilya wanted Group IB to think bigger to solve international crimes around the world. The only trouble with that was that Russian hackers committed a lot of these crimes. And it turns out, a lot of them were backed by Putin's regime. If Ilya and Group IB exposed them, they were also exposing how Putin was projecting power around the world. This is a pretty good form of soft power projection for Russia, a kind of chaos in cyberspace Stay with us. 
Politics has never been stranger or more online, which is why the politics team at Wired is making a new show, Wired Politics Lab. It's all about how to navigate the endless stream of news and information and what to look out for. Each week on the show, we'll dig into far-right platforms, AI chatbots, influencer campaigns, and so much more. Wired Politics Lab launches Thursday, April 11th. Follow the show wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Click Here. I'm Dina Temple-Raston. Ilya Sokov's change in fortunes can be traced back, at least in part, to his deeply held belief in Russia itself. As he saw it, the proliferation of Russian cyber criminals and the Kremlin's decision to condone or even support them was dragging Russia down, and he could help root it out. His friends said it was a philosophical underpinning that could be traced back to a popular crime series on Russian television. It was from the 1970s, and it was called The Meeting Place Cannot Be Changed. The show follows the life of a young detective in Moscow's criminal investigations department who tracks down a gang of murderers. It's a cult classic in Russia. And it has this famous line. A thief's place is in prison. Even today, 50 years later, it's a meme in Russia. It gets quoted all the time. Even Putin says it, without irony, when he puts opposition figures in jail. And Ilya's colleague, Igor, said it happens to be a favorite line of Ilya's. He thought that uh, if we have some criminals in Russia, they should go to prison. Which just doesn't always happen in Russia. Consider this hacker named Maxim Yakubets. Maxim Yakubets, hacker name Aqua. Everyone knew who he was, what he did. As the leader of a cyber criminal gang. Responsible for multiple ransomware attacks. Hundreds of millions of dollars from thousands of people and companies. Yakubets is thought to be the leader of a Russian hacking group with the very Mr. Robot sounding name of Evil Corp. Evil Corp, the conglomerate. Yakubit's gang is thought to have been responsible for stealing some $100 million from bank accounts around the world. He's suspected of writing the Drydex malware, which targets a victim's banking information and steals account credentials to gain access to their money. But he was running around Russia with complete impunity. The FBI has a $5 million reward for any information leading to his arrest. And the UK's National Crime Agency? It's even released a video about him that opens with a shot of Yakubitz driving his Lamborghini around a public square in Moscow. He's doing donuts around a bunch of other sports cars. His government-issued license plate reads, Thief. Yakubitz also posted a video on social media of his pet lion cub. That's the cub meowing. The caption on the UK's video compilation reads, If Maxim Yakubitz ever leaves the safety of Russia, he will be arrested and extradited to the US. But here's the thing, why should he leave? According to the US Department of Treasury, he's been working for the Russian security services since 2017, which may explain why he isn't worried about posting videos of his Lamborghini 
and his pet lies. And it may be because Yakubet's hacks do exactly what Putin wants them to do. They sow chaos. When these attacks happen, there are small-scale disruptions to everyday life around the world. This is a pretty good form of soft power projection for Russia. Um, this, this is Alexander Leslie. He's an analyst at Recorded Future, a threat intelligence company. And full disclosure, Click Here is part of Recorded Future News, an editorially independent arm of the company. And Alexander says hackers in Russia can do whatever they want as long as they don't attack Mother Russia or the Commonwealth of Independent States, which includes places like Azerbaijan and Belarus. You will not be investigated if you don't target entities in Russia. If you, if you target entities in the U.S., you can effectively do whatever you want. Which, if you're a cyber criminal, is a pretty sweet deal. Everyone knows who the cyber criminals are within Russia's own borders. You know, the FBI had released multiple uh, warrants for people that you were well known to international law enforcement for a long time are still maintaining very public personas within Russia. That drove Ilya crazy. So maybe it was inevitable that he would lock horns with people like Yakubitz and the people in the security services who were protecting him. When Ilya was working with the FSB and focusing on criminals targeting Mother Russia, all that was fine. But now, as he was thwarting Russian attacks overseas and inspiring young people to follow in his footsteps, it smacked of subversion that he appeared to be spreading. Ilya was becoming a spokesperson for law and order in Russia. He was attracting fans, inspiring kids to go into tech. In the spring of 2020, I was advised to turn to him for advice. Uh, and naturally, I watched a couple of videos of interviews with him before, and I really liked his ideas. This is Dima. He's a 30-year-old IT worker in Russia who has been following Ilya's rise for years. And he looked up to Ilya in the same way Ilya, back in the day, had looked up to Kevin Mandia. Dima said he understood what was motivating him. He was an example of healthy patriotism. There's an example of a Russian engineer who thinks about the country and how to make his country better. Ilya felt that Russia's reputation around the world would suffer if they didn't start cracking down. And closer to home, no one would trust Russian tech companies like his unless something changed. So not just for justice, but for the sake of his country, Ilya believed, Russia needed to start putting people like Yakubitz into prison. And that may have been what motivated what Ilya did next. He issued an unusual and very public broadside against Russia's decision to turn a blind eye to cybercrime. During a televised tech conference in Russia in June 2020, Ilya Sokov went on the offensive. And he called out evil corpse Maxim Yakubitz. Ilya said Russia was holding itself back by allowing people like him to remain free. And he told the audience so. Cybersecurity is not a business. It is, first and foremost, an intolerance for crime. The camera panned the crowd and paused for a moment on the face of the Russian prime minister, who was sitting in the audience. It seemed like Ilya was addressing him directly. 
What happens in a country if the whole world tells you there is crime, when the whole world says that Mr. Maxim Yakubets, a hacker who drives around in Moscow in a Lamborghini with government-issued license plates, is a computer criminal? Saying something like this so bluntly in a television speech in front of Russian officials, it might feel like sort of a reckless attack. But Alexander Leslie read it a little differently. He says a lot of these things, but they are with some optimism that it's like, listen, if you begin to investigate these things, maybe you can begin to shape a narrative that, okay, Russia is beginning to evolve as a country. He knew he was playing with fire, but maybe he thought he saw an opening. Maybe he thought someone had to take a stand and that he had enough clout in the country to potentially get away with it. Everyone knew Jakobitz was working with security officials. Reportedly, his father-in-law was a former special forces officer with the FSB. So it was an open secret, no more under wraps than Jakobitz's Lamborghini videos or his public telegram posts boasting about Evil Corp's latest exploits. Ilya doubled down on Jakubitz. He is the creator of the Drydex virus. And every engineer in the world knows about it. But Russia does nothing. This affects not just the image of Russia, but on companies like ours that are trying to provide information security to the world. About a year later, Russian FSB officers raided Group IB's offices in Moscow. Men in FSB uniforms were shown hauling away boxes of documents and packing up servers. And then, a short time later... Russia has arrested the chief executive of one of the country's most prominent cybersecurity companies on suspicion of treason. Dima, the 30-year-old IT professional who had looked up Delia, couldn't believe it when he heard. On the day when information about Ilya's arrest became known, I was sitting having breakfast in the kitchen and saw the news that Ilya Sachko was detained on suspicion of treason. But honestly, I just burst into tears. I thought, how could that be? Ilya's arrest was such a deep blow to my heart. After the arrest, life stopped. Soon after Ilya's arrest, Igor's phone started to blow up. It was uh, really scary, and all of my friends uh, were texting me, do you know what is happening? Did you see this? My first thought was, oh oh my God, but everything will be okay because... uh, Sometimes it happens, they will just ask some question and let him go. Ilya, always planning, always a step ahead, clearly understood that if he pushed the regime, they might push back like this. Shortly after his arrest, a video of him surfaced. One of those videos that people make in advance in anticipation of bad things happening. If you see this video, it means that something has happened or is happening to me. A hospital, a prison, a disappearance. Ilya's wearing a gray t-shirt and sitting on a lawn. It's a bright sunny day, and a breeze is rustling the leaves in the trees behind him. The video is a kind of warning of a darker future ahead. Ilya doesn't seem happy or sad, just matter of fact. 
resolute. And in a written post accompanying the video's release, Ilya provides a hint as to why all this might be happening, why he's gone from Kremlin award winner to accused of treason. Ilya singled out the current and former heads of the Russian Federal Security Service, or FSB, and he accused them of working directly with cybercriminal gangs. Everyone has a purpose. Apparently, mine is precisely to reveal the monstrous mistakes that allow criminals, including those in an all-powerful department, to behave with impunity. And then he closes the video with one of his characteristically sunny phrases. With great optimism, wherever I am, I'll tell you these words. Everything will be perfect. A few weeks ago, Ilya appeared in a Moscow city courtroom. And despite his optimism, nothing was perfect. The camera captured a door opening in the back of the courtroom, and Ilya walked into a glass cage of sorts. And then the judge began to speak. <laughs> Ilya was wearing a tight black T-shirt and jeans, and he was smiling, like he just recognized some friends in a restaurant, and he was about to walk over and greet them. And for a moment, given his sunny attitude, you could be forgiven for thinking that this was going to end differently, that the judge was going to say this was all some kind of mistake. <clears throat> Ilya stands up straight behind the glass, clenches his fists, and rests his knuckles on his hips. It's a heroic pose, an almost Superman-like pose. The whole proceeding, the entry, the smile, the pose, the reading of the charges, is all over in the blink of an eye. Ilya, the judge tells him, has been found guilty of treason. There are no particulars, no summary of what he's done exactly, just the verdict, and then the sentence, 14 years in a strict regime penal colony. Not quite the supermax that opposition leader Alexei Navalny was sentenced to, but just a step below. Though it's hard to tell that's what just happened looking at Ilya in court. He kept grinning. Group IB declined to respond to our questions about Ilya's case. They've released a statement that says all of this is some mistake and Ilya is innocent. Igor Katkov, his college buddy, lives in Cyprus now. He left Group IB years ago. And he's not concerned about being associated with Ilya or encouraging him to stay strong because he's out of the Kremlin's reach. Ilya is an amazing person. Uh, and it even seems that Ilya is more happy than all, all of us. And we are here, we are free. If you could send a message to Ilya to say something to him while he's in prison, what would it be? Uh, we all love you. You're our friend. Please come back as soon as possible and we will do everything we can to make this happen. Until then, the man who became the face of what Russia's cybersecurity future could have been remains behind bars. This is Click Here. Here are some of the top cyber and intelligence stories of the past week. 
The Advanced Research Projects Agency for Health, or ARPA-H, announced last week that it's launching an initiative to spur the development of cybersecurity technologies that can help hospitals and healthcare facilities fight off cyber attacks. They've called it DigiHeels, and researchers are supposed to submit proposals for ways that cybersecurity tools can be tailored to help healthcare systems, hospitals and clinics, and health-related devices. They're accepting proposals through the first week of September. And finally, U.S. intelligence agencies are warning that space companies are going to increasingly find themselves on the receiving end of hacking operations by foreign intelligence services. The FBI, the National Counterintelligence and Security Center, and the Air Force Office of Special Investigations published a two-page advisory on Friday that warned of the stepped-up attacks. They said that adversaries see space-related innovation as a prime target for stealing intellectual property, and they could use cyber attacks, strategic investment, and acquisitions within the supply chain to achieve their goal. In April, the influential Cybersecurity Solarium Commission told the White House it should formally name space as a critical infrastructure sector and take steps to protect satellites and other space systems against cyber attacks. I'm Dina Temple-Raston, and I'm the executive producer and host of the show. Sean Powers is our senior producer and marketing director, and Will Jarvis is our producer. Lucas Riley is one of our writers. Our editing team is led by Karen Duffin and Lou Olkowski. Darren Ancrum does our fact-checking, and our theme and original music compositions are by Ben Levingston. We also use Blue Dot Sessions. A special thanks to Alexander Leslie, Andrea Todd, and Hoham Jurayev and Artemi Shipko for their help with Russian translations. And we'd love to hear from you. Please leave us a review and rating wherever you get your podcasts, or send us an email at clickhere at recordedfuture.com. Check out our website with details about our shows and our whole catalog at clickhereshow.com. That's a wrap for this week. I'm Dina Temple-Raston. We'll be back on Tuesday. Looking for more of the cybersecurity and intelligence coverage you get on Click Here? Then check out our sister publication, The Record, from Recorded Future News. You'll get breaking cyber news from reporters in New York, Washington, London, and Kiev, among others. And you'll see for yourself why it attracts hundreds of thousands of page views every month. Just go to the record dot media.